0: Triple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the premier podcast shining light on sex and disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew
1: Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability.
0: Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker-owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there guys, thanks for joining me for this episode. I'm really excited to bring this one to you. This one is really cool and, and this is one that I got to sit next to somebody that I never thought I would sit next to let me tell you a bit about this one and get right to the interview because it's really a big, juicy interview. This is actually my first in-studio interview where I had the, my guest sitting right next to me. Uh, my guest and I started talking probably earlier this year about sexuality and disability, and I wanted to see if I could be included in their work. They immediately were on board with the idea They immediately wanted to chat with me and we started talking and coming up with ideas and I said, well, why don't we do a project together? And one of the things we came up with was doing a podcast together. And this is the culmination of that and I let me tell you who my guest is because right now it's a secret but you'll find out in just right now. So I got to sit down with prominent queer YouTuber, Davey Wavy. They have, he has nearly 3 million video views in more than 160 countries around the world. He uses his platform to spread a message of love and acceptance In the occasional penis joke. There are a lot of penis jokes, and in the podcast we share quite a few together. He has become one of the leading online voices for the gay and lesbian community. He's famous for his authentic and often irreverent approach. Some of his 800-plus videos include Seniors Give Gay Advice, surprising a gay Texas Mormon, and dad bikes 545 miles for a gay son. He's done a lot of stuff outside of his YouTube persona. He travels around the world for inspiration and adventure, has partnered with tourism boards, he has a fitness blog, he's pretty versatile, in more ways than one, by the way. He's also really funny, he's a sweet, sweet guy, and our interview was so much fun. We talked about sexuality, disability, body image. We made numerous penis jokes. I just loved having him, and I'm excited to share the interview with you. Just a brief production note. When we were recording, I had him sitting beside me at the mic, and unfortunately it picked up my voice a lot, but it didn't really pick up his voice as much as I would like it to. I tried to fix the gain on my audacity, which I'm not super versed at, but I tried. So you might want to turn your volume up when listening to his parts because they are a bit quiet. I tried really hard to make them sound not so quiet, but they're, they're a little bit quiet. So just be prepared for that when you're listening. But here's my interview with YouTube personality and all-around great guy, Davey Wavy, right here on the premiere podcast, Shining Light on Sex and Disability, Disability After Dark. Hello, hello, and I'm excited to be here today with a very special guest. I'm here with, well, I'm going to let them say who they are.
1: I'm Davey Wavy.
0: <laughs> Whoa! I think this is like the first big celebrity in my ha- And th- what's cool about this podcast today, listeners, is that he's in my house. This isn't done remotely. This isn't done through like Skype. I'm sitting looking at him right now. We're also we're also almost naked well we <laughs> we don't have our shirts on so I mean there's some sexiness in the air right now uh, which is cool and I'm excited to have Davy wavy here we wanted to get together to talk about body image sex disability how to fuck me <laughs> questions like that I basically I want to let Davy ask some of the questions that you might have around sex and disability that you're afraid to ask I know you've Listen to the podcast now, and if you're a regular listener, you've heard me answer a lot of these. But I think these questions are really important to hear them from an actual person asking them, and to kind of work that through with somebody to see where they are, to see their, kind of their level of comfort around disability, and to give them a new perspective. And so when Davey Davey said we should do this, I was like, yes, please. So here we are.
1: Yeah, it's. I always feel like on a podcast, I want to be like get my like ASMR voice on. Yeah. And be like. How much pleasure does your cock <laughs> give? <laughs> Let's find out.
0: I feel like Sarah Koenig right now from Serial. Uh, <laughs>
1: yes, yes. <laughs> like, totally. So, uh, well, thanks for having me. I'm so
0: excited you're here. this is like, I feel so like, wow, I have a YouTuber, a really important YouTuber in my house. So,
1: Girl, I just make videos. It's not that serious. They're
0: kind of awesome videos, though. I love yeah. your videos. Um, so why don't you kind of introduce the audience to you?
1: Yeah, so so my name is Davey Wavy, and uh, I do make YouTube videos. They tend to be very gay, <laughs> super gay. It's pretty much all gay all the time, and uh, I mean it's ev- anything from coming out to uh, self acceptance to sex, and I just filmed a video about anal douching. So That's it's, exciting! It's a lot of it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah,
0: a little bit dirty too, maybe. It's very dirty. Yeah, um, and so. <laughs> We're gonna I want to talk about kind of body image a little bit. There's a lot of people who have said that the queer body image stuff is can be detrimental to our community. And a lot of the stuff you do, much like right now, you're not wearing a shirt, which I think is great. But people have kind of knocked you for that. How do you how would you respond?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't have a shirt on right now because it's hot as fuck. Yeah, me neither. Because it's
0: <laughs> hot in my little Toronto apartment.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of function, you know. Like I, it, it's funny because I've seen um, there was actually a recent uh, study that was done, and it found that of um, different groups of people with kind of body image satisfaction, it was the worst among gay men. So it was gay men at the top, then straight women, uh, then straight men than lesbians lesbians don't have any problems yeah. they didn't they didn't include uh trans folks in kind of the breakdown which i think would be interesting yeah
0: they definitely should have included trans folks yeah
1: so so anyway their are kind of category of i think cis like cisgender gay men were the least satisfied with their bodies yeah and and like there's a lot there to kind of unpack and and i think for any gay man you know there's there's um Body image is a journey and it's a struggle, uh, and it's not easy for anyone, but certainly there are different levels of, of kind of challenges and, and things and we encounter. Body
0: privilege that we don't really get to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think with what you do, I think, and I watched a lot of your stuff before we met today because I had to do my research and because you're awesome. So, I, like, you really try to talk to everyone, and I think that's really valuable because. We, a lot of the people you talk to, we don't hear from.
1: Yeah, yeah. But people don't always see those. We were just saying this before yeah. we started that, that I often get clocked for just including like white, muscled gay men in my videos. And, and certainly there is a lot of that. But I really do, um, as someone that reaches as many people as I do, feel a responsibility to kind of like widen that umbrella as much as possible. Yeah. Um it's just tough because those videos don't tend to get as many views
0: as the yeah as, which which I don't think is your fault I think it's culturally relevant in our cult in our queer culture that the that, that if that's if those videos are getting so many views there's a reason behind why and it's not you're not perpetuating that it's just our our queer culture is like oh this is what I'm taught to like
1: yeah it just forces me to be more kind of creative about videos where it's not you know a, a Topher DiMaggio you know like pinup model I it. mean
0: Topher DiMaggio is a very attractive man right right And <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it, it forces me to be more creative so that that content um, that other content that doesn't have Topher DiMaggio in it still does hopefully get some traction and um, and what I hope happens is sometimes people click on the more Uh, you know six packy whatever videos and they might click there for that but if you're looking for six pack and tits on the internet there's a lot of places you can find that yeah so hopefully it's it's the message um, that's there that keeps people and even if it is Topher DiMaggio in a video um, I try to have some sort of message that people can can take away I didn't
0: see your Topher DiMaggio video I might have to there's been a few yeah I might have to double back and be like, I'm gonna Literally you didn't do
1: your research. Well, just not <laughs> it up.
0: You did one recently with uh, Carter Dane.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I watched that one on on repeat for a while, so yeah.
1: My first time in a sling.
0: <laughs> well I've been in a sling many, I've been in a sling many times.
1: I saw your sling.
0: <laughs> it's nice and blue. Um, so let's kind of move to like the disability part of the discussion today, because it is disability after dark. Uh, so do you have any experience with disability outside of, like, in your personal life, in your sex life? Do you have any experience being with somebody with a disability?
1: Yeah, I do. I, so, I've never talked about this, but when I was in Washington, D.C., uh, I met a guy. I think it was on, like, a some sort of, like, dating whatever. It was a while ago. I think it was pre-Grinder. Pre-Grinder.
0: So, what he's really saying is it's MySpace.
1: Yeah, it was on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and uh there was this really cute guy and and uh and we connected and he's like you know what let's meet up so um so i met him outside the metro station and um what surprised me was he when he came out of the train he had uh he had braces and like yeah okay and uh and so you know we we chatted and i felt bad because my my apartment wasn't particularly close to the to the metro station and it was kind of like an arduous journey. Um and we we kind of, you know, made our way back and um I think I cooked lunch for him or something and he was like you know, you didn't ask me about the crutches. <laughs> and I was like, Oh well, you, you were like, oh
0: should I have
1: <laughs> Right. And and I was thinking like in the you know, in the pictures, like he all the pictures he had didn't have like crutches, or and so I had no indication. Yeah,
0: there was no like when you see me in a picture, you see my chair, so you know right away, oh, this right. person must have a disability,
1: right? He kind of has the option of not having the crutches yeah, sometimes, the and
0: passing is yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So he's totally and, and and I felt like, you know what, like I didn't feel the need to tell him every aspect about myself, and so like I can understand if if, if he didn't tell me that, and I'm sure he has his reasons for, for why he doesn't, yeah. Um, and we chatted and. Um, we had a nice little like massage date and, and, and it was nice, but, um, it brought up kind of my own like discomfort, I think around disability, which we've been talking about Yeah, and, and I wasn't quite really sure how to like process it and how to talk to him. And I didn't feel like I had like the right language.
0: So let's kind of unpack more of that. So like what you, you said, it kind of brought up your discomfort. So what level of like discomfort for you did it bring up like you just didn't know what to do, you weren't sure how to like make him comfortable.
1: Yeah. Like I didn't know I didn't know how to touch him or like what what would feel good or like what he wanted. And um and like if I touched his legs, like would that make him uncomfortable? Was that like something he was self conscious with, you know? And and like of course I could have asked him. Yeah. I was just gonna (laughs) say I was like you could have just said so like can I touch your leg? Right. Right. And I think now, at this point in my life, I would. But yeah. um, you know, like I've I've had uh more experience in existence now, so I can, you know, think of those things. But yeah.
0: Um and I think that but I think it's important that you can recognize the discomfort now because I think a lot of people that I've met, I've said this before, people don't we're gonna just lift the mic up because <laughs> You guys should see how we're sitting right now. We're like, we're like those nineteen forties um, songstresses who like sing right next to each other. That's better. Deep surrounding the mic, sort of, almost. There we go. So I'm gonna keep that in because it's hilarious for the <laughs> listeners. Uh, and so I'm really happy that you though could, you could, say it now that you were that you were dealing with a little bit of your own ableism. Um, and I think people don't, I think people are kind of scared to admit that they're ableist sometimes and they, they, they're an mm-hmm. And so um, kind of walk me through kind of like how that's shifted from then to now.
1: Yeah, I think, um, and we talked a little bit about this, that as gay Yes, we're
0: doing a secret project that I can't talk about right now, right. but it, it's coming.
1: As, as there'll be a lot of things coming. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think as gay men, uh, we're programmed to kind of have this very like narrow definition of like what like beauty is and what we're supposed to be attracted to. Um, I think in more recent years, I've gotten a lot better at like asking myself, like what my real desires are, like what it is I really want. And, um, Feeling the courage to explore that, even if it deviates from like this, Topher Dimaggio yeah. image. Um,
0: Again, and- Topher Dimaggio is very attractive. <laughs> and if you're listening, come on the podcast. We'll talk about how attractive you are together.
1: <laughs> but to see to see sexy um, in in its various forms, kind of outside of the Topher Dimaggio. Um, and I've gotten a lot better, I think, at exploring that. And, and and I think that's kind of where some of this stuff starts to overlap is, like, you are a sexy guy, right? Like, you feel sexy. Like, you know no, you're sexy. I
0: never feel sexy. First of all, no, I don't. Are you kidding? I mean, thank you. But I never feel sexy ever because, again, partly because of the ableism that I am always confronted with telling me that I'm not. Even though like, I'll take pictures and I'll do a photo shoot and I'll get naked and that's fine, but inside I'm like, no, I'm not, that doesn't...
1: This bitch sent me a picture of her splayed out on, <laughs> like, on some bed, somewhere sheets, like, dick listening.
0: Did uh, I? I didn't even remember selling it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it happened.
0: Um, yes, I did send that picture. <laughs> yes, I did, and if the audience would like to see it, you can email me later.
1: <laughs> have they seen it yet?
0: Some of them have, I'm sure, but not okay. all of them. Yeah. It's not... Actually, I did put it on my Twitter once. Yeah, it's fabulous. So it, it's up there. but even the it's way, sexy. Even with that picture, I don't feel sexy c- because I don't hear that very often. And because of ableism, and I've mentioned this before to the audience, because we never hear we're sexy or we never hear we don't, We because we're disabled, we don't, and not all of us, but a lot of us who are severely disabled, or as I like to call it, severely sexy, Um, (laughs) even though I don't feel that way, uh, we don't get into relationships very often. We don't get to hear a partner or somebody who wants to spend time with us say, like, hey, I think you're hot, or hey, I like you, or hey. So these things, when people say them, you kind of, like, stop and go, what? You can't be talking about me. Like, I'm just here in a chair. You must be talking about that person over there. So when people say it, I immediately get, like, (laughs) <laughs> you can see I'm blushing now. Well, the audience can't see, but I'm blushing now um, because like, you don't hear it very often. And it's nice, but it's like, oh, well, that can't be about me because I'm in a chair.
1: I think, I think um, there's probably a lot of people who like, just don't feel like they have the language to express to someone in a chair, for example like, how, like, they might feel attracted to them, or, or like, they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah,
0: and because they might be fetishized, too. Like, if you said to me, "Hand," or I think you're attractive, then I might think, oh, well, you just think I'm attractive because of, of the chair. So there's so many, like, there's so many... Is that a fetish? Yeah. It's a fetish there, are defi- there are definitely people who fetishize the disabled body and, the, like, the chair over me. I was with a person once. Years ago, and we were gonna mess around, and he got me out of my chair, and he started grinding the wheelchair, and I was in the bed being like, "I'm over here, like, are we are you gonna grind on me or?"
1: I wish they could see my face. Yeah, right
0: <laughs> we'll take a screenshot of your face <laughs> doing that, cause yeah, he was grinding on the chair, and I'm lying in the bed with my dick out, being like, "I'm ready to to do this, like, but I'm over here, my wheelchair's over there." Wow,
1: Andrew, we live in a very interesting world, but,
0: right? And I mean, I support like dudes who are into chairs but maybe be into the guy who's in the chair also.
1: (laughs) Right. But yeah, yeah. So
0: but yeah, I mean I don't feel I just don't feel sexy because society and I know I am and like I appreciate that, but it just feels so weird to hear somebody say it because it never feels true.
1: Yeah. Don't you feel though like sexy like sexy is it's a it's a birthright? Like, it's not, it's not something that's only accessible to, like, 1% of the population, but it's something that anyone can, can tap into.
0: But in, again, in our community, sexy is very, very much defined by can you fuck, how you fuck, your access to having sex right away, um, your access to hugging up with people and not caring about it. Like, all of that defines queer sexiness. And then I come along and, like, blow that all out of the water, which is exciting, but also exhausting as fuck.
1: Well, so say, let's, can we do a little role playing? Let's do some role play. Okay, so say we're like at Pride, right? And, uh, and I see you there. Yeah. And like, I think that you're really cute. And, uh, as you should, because it's true. And I want to, like, approach you and, and, like, and I want to say the right things. And I saw your blog post of four things not to say, too.
0: <laughs> so the first thing you don't say. Does your dick work? <laughs> yeah. That is, not <laughs> that's thing number one that you do not tell me. Uh, I mean, the thing you should probably say, and I've said this before, is, and you guys have heard this, and I don't care, because Stevie will be sitting in front of me, so I'm going to say it again. Um, (laughs) You should say, uh, hi, I think you're really sexy, and I see you have a disability. I don't know anything about that, but I'd like to learn more. Can we go talk about it? By then, my parents will be down, and I'll be like, there's a room over here. Let's just head over this way. (laughs) Because you've admitted to me you don't know what you're doing. There's no, You're not pretending like you know you're not pretending i find a lot of guys say to me um oh yeah your disability is no problem it's no big deal and then then when they get to my house and we're about to do things to each other they kind of go oh i didn't realize that you were that disabled and it's like wait didn't wasn't that what the skype was for like
1: but you do know that for, like, a guy to say, like, oh, I'm curious and I don't understand and, like, uh, I'm a little scared, like, that requires them being, showing some vulnerability to yeah. an extent. And that's hard for a lot of people.
0: I mean, I hear that, but I also just I, I know it's hard, but I think it's stupid that it's hard. Like, we should, vulnerability is hot. Vulnerability is going to get my pants way right. down way faster than if you're going to do this bravado thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah
1: right if people have questions
0: just ask me about your questions but ask me like a person don't assume that i am gonna simply tell you because you have ableist privilege where i'm gonna just tell you my life story because you asked
1: so say i go up to you and i say like hey i think you're really cute and and i make myself vulnerable and i and i tell you that i don't understand and that you know i want to talk about things what would you what would you say
0: I probably wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, "So my erection's here." I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd probably say, "Great, let's go sit down and talk about it." Because, I first of all, I've never heard anybody utter that to me ever, so I think my okay. mind would be blown, and I'd have to take a minute to like reprocess the world because everything just changed. So I'd probably take the person aside and say, "Let's have, let's have some, um, let's have a coffee or a beer and talk about it." Mm-hmm. And well, we would just talk, and then you could ask me, obviously with tact. Ask me about stuff and like ask me like questions, or we could just talk and get to know each other, and then questions will come naturally.
1: Uh, earlier, when we were talking, you mentioned that like you like to storyboard sex. Yep.
0: Yeah. So what that looks like is kind of like this: we're hanging out, and I, and you can just ask me questions, and I'll tell you. Okay, like here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm able to do. Here's what my fantasy me wants to do. How do we mesh all these things together? And it is a really good primer for consent mm-hmm. and getting each party's desires out there in a safe environment be- before you're in the throes of whatever, having no idea what to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's interesting. So like, so say, say we're, we're back at your place now and we're storyboarding sex. Right. What, what would that look like? So I'd probably so get, what do you want to do?
0: Yeah. Pretty much like that. Except I'd be at my computer typing things out, being like, "Here's what I can do." Or, like, I you went, really you you type it out. Sometimes I do, so that they can see what it is.
1: You should make a little animation.
0: I should make an animation. <laughs>
1: totally should. This is what to expect.
0: Yeah, or a little card. Pass it. So if you're <laughs> gonna come to my house, here's the list: one, two, three. Um, but sometimes I do type it out, not often, but like. And the reason why that came, the story behind that was, I met a guy probably about six or seven years ago when I was in university and he came over at like two in the morning for a late night fuck fest and so we're going to mess around and I remember he was sitting, standing in my doorway, like shaking in fear and I said, what's, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Like, first of all, are you on anything that I need to know before before we start because I'm concerned for you and then he was like, no, no, I've just never done this. I'm really scared and I kind of took it literally. I took his hand and said, come sit down, let's talk about it and I laid out for him like, what, what I wanted to do, what he wanted to do, and we talked about it for, like, 20 minutes, and then we did that thing, and it was, okay, like, it, he wasn't the greatest partner, generally, sexually, that I enjoy, but I'm glad that we got to, <laughs> if he's listening, sorry, but I'm glad that we got to um, <laughs> have that experience together, because that doesn't really happen very often, and I'm glad that I got to, like, allay his fears, and then we got to mess around.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that worked. It you wanted to do a video called "How to Fuck a Cripple" on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Now I know why, because you wanted to just instead of doing your storyboarding session, you could just link people to our YouTube video. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it would save you a lot of a lot of time and, and effort.
0: Yeah. Totally. Um. And I, but I think, like again, I think that kind of brash, fun titles for stuff around sex and disability. We need to see more of that. I think. And again, I've said a lot of this stuff before, but I don't care because I'm gonna say it again. It needs to be said. When we see disability in cu- disability in sex and culture right now, it's handled with kid gloves. It's very sanitized. It's very clean. It's very like, so and so with a disability is going to have sex. Like, let's be all secret about it and shocked. And, like, there's a real sense of, like, oh, this is going to be different. Whereas I'm like, fuck, here it is. Like, let's just call it what it is. So, those titles for me are empowering. And the idea of, like, how to fuck a cripple is so of so all, it's hot, mm-hmm. it's hot, it's a hot title, like. But it's also it says like fuck you. This is my life. This is who I am. Here I am. Deal with it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And presumably, if a lot of people watch it, it would it would have a certain efficiency to your yeah. future encounters. To my
0: drink <laughs> 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 But I mean, and Kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, everybody is different too. Like every person with a disability or disabled person is different. Um and so my experience is only one and I don't in my work as a disability awareness consultant I don't purport to be the only person talking about this because I'm not some people disagree with what I with what I say and how I put it out there but I'm really proud that I started a conversation. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for doing that because it's a it's an important conversation to I be mean having. It's
0: so rare in our community to have somebody especially a male identified person being like I am I deserve to be sexualized just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people have told me that I, that I should move away from sex and disability, that I should do other stuff. And I was like, well, I could, and I might, but this is what I want to do right now.
1: You know what? It's like, you're doing what's what you're passionate about, right? Like, in a way that helps other people. And, like, you know, you're doing what you love, driven by your passion, in a way that hel- helps other people. Like, that's, that's your dharma. I'm just this doing my thing.
0: I'm just doing my thing, hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out, quite literally hanging out. Yeah. Well, at least we were, like, 20 minutes ago. Um, (laughs) So do you have any, like... So I'm glad you had the experience, because I'd never heard that experience from you before. Do you have any, like, other experiences you want to share or other, like, questions about sex and disability we could kind of build on?
1: Yeah. um, So we we talked about, like, kind of making this, like, safe space where we could, like, have some of these conversations. And and, uh, I guess what I'm, like... A little bit curious about is like is is like anal sex uh, like an option for you like is that something that that how does
0: if you listen back to episode nine I do a whole anal sex discussion but I will tell you briefly for now no because and I've said again the audience knows this I can't clean myself right so the whole idea of douching my ass out before somebody fucks me that's just not realistic. And so I have a big... Because I'm disabled, I have a big fear about being dirty all the time. I have a big fear that because I can't clean my ass, someone's going to see shit. Which really... Like, that, those bodily things don't bother me, but in a sexual context... And it's funny, in a sexual context, I have a really... I'm really worried that because I can't do these things, this autonomy with my body, that I can't be sexy because I can't... Like, I can't do that. So, like... We've seen douching videos. We've seen, like...
1: I'm, I'm posting a douching video today. Amazing.
0: Uh, we've seen, like, you know, guys eating out other guys in porn, and that's... I mean, I can do that. So If, anyone, anybody, if anybody wants to sit on my face, I'm down for that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, no. So anal sex, in the traditional sense, is not an option right now, no. And because I have spastic cerebral palsy, if I get scared or if something hurts in any way, my body's natural reaction is to clench. So there's no way in hell that I'm gonna be relaxed if I know that every twenty seconds someone's gonna be fucking me and it might hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. So can you like would you enjoy topping someone?
0: I have done. <laughs> it's hard because <laughs> it's hard because I can't No pun intended. Yeah, definitely pun's intended. <laughs> this whole podcast is a giant pun. <laughs> um, I can't thrust and I've talked about that a little bit too on the podcast where I can't thrust. So like when somebody tops somebody what we're picturing is like the top thrusting really hard into the other guy what if you can't do that so then
1: well i am a fan of of topping from the bottom so so if you're so for example if you were like laid on the bed like the bottom can ride your dick
0: yeah i mean i'm a human dildo but like and i can i can do that that's cool a human dildo yeah but I'm, I'm and i mean i'm i'm cool with that but i also i also like the idea... And again, this is because porn has taught us that this is what we're supposed to like. Like, But if there was different representations, I would totally be into topping more regularly. But my favorite things are oral and making out because... And like roaming and that kind of stuff because it connects me with the body in a really intimate way that isn't just fucking and sucking and...
1: Yeah. And, And I think we need to think of like broadening the way we think of like sex and intimacy than just sticking your dick in someone's ass. Like there's so many other ways to express that that are really hot. We did a, um, a video called uh, it's not on YouTube but it was it's like totally naked um, but it's called Voicing Your Desires and uh, we basically did role playing where whereas two partners and they were you know looking into each other's eyes and you go inside yourself and you you ask for what you really want of your partner and and it, it could be, I want you to fuck my brains out, but more often than not, it's like, I want you to hold me, or I want you to pinch my nipples, or I want you to, like, you know, look into my eyes, I want you to, whatever. Um, and you and you ask that of your partner, and then your partner, in turn, has to decide if that's something that they want to provide, because they might look inside themselves and be like, you know what, I don't want to lick your toes, <laughs> but... Um, but I'll do this instead. So you would, like you would kind of like suggest an alternative. It's like,
0: it's like improv sex almost. Yeah. Like you know how when you say yes to stuff in improv, like yes or no, right? Or maybe not.
1: Well, your yes is only as strong as your no. So the idea is like you would say yes to the things you really want, um, and and it's kind of like in in life in general, we're not good at asking for what we want, and and we're certainly not good at that in sex. So, it's kind of this whole metaphor. Yeah, but
0: I think it's also important to recognize that just because I'm disabled doesn't mean that I'm immediately in tune with all this stuff. Like, I fuck up all the time, too. Like, because, again, because the culture only shows me the Tover DiMaggio's and Colby Kellogg's of the world fucking each other, which is very hot and good for them, but because that's all I see... Oh, well, every
1: time, which <laughs> is really
0: <hard>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel necessary to say that it's hot. (laughs) And I mean, I've also talked to porn stars like um, Hugh Hunter and and Dallas Steele, and they're great. like They're fantastic people. And we've talked about disability, and they support what I do, but I I feel really shy asking for what I want because I I feel like I'm supposed to want you to fuck me really hard in the ass and then we're going to come, and then the camera's going to turn off even though there's not a camera there. So even I, as a disabled person, don't have don't always have an idea of how disabled sex is going to look because I never see it anywhere.
1: Can we can we all just recognize one thing right now, which is that porn, which is hot, as you would like to say. Which is <laughs> <Bridges>? totally hot. <laughs> porn is designed to arouse the people that watch it. It's not designed as a template for what's going to feel good and be pleasurable sex.
0: I agree with you, totally. And talking to punch-outs, like, you learn very quickly that they they're doing it oh, yeah but it's really it's really hard they don't necessarily enjoy it all the time so,
1: so let's stop like using porn as like some form of like sex education that we're gonna like model
0: but I mean unfortunately it is it has become a, a really big part of how we well let's
1: shift that we,
0: you know? we, I agree so but the and the way I think we do that and I've mentioned this again before sorry audience we're re- I'm repeating a lot of things I don't care it's my show um <laughs> So, the way we do that is to, like, bring in people with disabilities and bring in... So, like, I'd love to see a studio like Cocky Boys or, you know, Titan Man, one of those big studios, bring in somebody with a disability, not even for a scene, to consult on, like, how do we change this? How do we make this scene more interesting? How do we, like, what do you think would make this scene more accessible? That kind of stuff. So that the studios can start opening their mind to it because they have been given a formula that works really well. They put that out and they get their money and things are good, but it wouldn't be cool if the studio took the opportunity to like change things up a little bit.
1: For sure. Yeah. I also think though, the audience has a responsibility to be like, look, like this is, this is what it is. And, and I, as kind of an autonomous human being can also like move past this, because I mean, at the end of the day, if we're waiting for all these studios—not that we shouldn't have these studios do this—but we'll be waiting forever, forever. And so, like, what can we do to look past and 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 start to? Uh,
0: well, we can make our own porn. <laughs> so, anybody? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Let's start a Kickstarter. Yeah, Kickstarter. Um, but it, I mean, even when I have talked about porn, people have—I wrote an article. Um a couple years ago, and I mentioned this in a previous episode where I talk about porn and I had people shoot me down and say, oh my God, I would never have sex with a disabled person. That's gross. Why would anybody watch this? So like, you can put it out there, but what if nobody responds and what if the community runs away? Like, and with my content, because it's so on the line of like, uncomfortable, people will knock it because they're not ready. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be said though for, for, well, and you understand this, like, making people uncomfortable yeah like yeah we're, we've been filming a lot of as you were saying that my wheels were turning because we've been filming a lot of this tantric juicy content and and i like that word juicy it's super juicy feel like
0: when you say juicy juice ju- juicy, juicy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and and we certainly like with the content that i'm making there's no reason we couldn't like um have a a, a disabled porn star you know, in, in, in what we're doing. So that would be really cool. Maybe
0: it can be you. We should, I'm down for that. We should talk about that. Um, I mean, and there are disabled porn stars, but I find that male disabled porn stars are very rare. There's somebody in Toronto, actually. His name is Daniel James. He's a friend of mine. He's working in disabled porn right now. He's straight. so he's only doing straight porn, which is, I keep telling him go into the gay market. They love you. You're great. Yeah, but he's not quite there yet. So, <laughs> but he's doing it, and I think it's really cool that he's taking it on and being one of the first male disabled porn stars out there. Yeah,
1: I want to see. Can you
0: pull? Can we pull? I up? can pull up a shot of him right now. Um,
1: and again, they're listening on a podcast. So you
0: got so if you want to if you want to see who we're talking about then just go to Dan- his his name on Twitter right now, and I've told him to change it seven million times, is at Ratchet Boy. I don't understand why. <laughs> He's young in his 20s, and it's cool to do that, but this is this kind of stuff he does, and so... All right, let's see. Uh,
1: yeah, he needs to do gay porn.
0: See? See? Daniel James, if you're listening, and I'm going to make you listen to this, if you're listening... A really prominent gay YouTuber just told you to do gay porn. I was right yeah. the other day at lunch when I told you to do
1: it. <laughs> Is he attracted to guys?
0: No. Oh. It's but I, I said I was yeah, like whatever, you can like, that. It doesn't really matter. Sexuality's fluid, you know this.
1: <laughs> Is this his penis? I don't. <laughs> I'm clicking on this. Is this just like giant penis.
0: I think Wow. <laughs>
1: With With Ryan Russell We're uncovering Did he do a jerk off scene with it I
0: think he might have done Ryan Russell my other friend who does Who does porn Um, Hey we're on your Twitter right now if you're listening (laughs) We're just kinda We're falling down a rabbit hole (laughs) There it is we're just going down to Twitter down Down a Daniel James Ryan Russell Dick pic rabbit hole Thanks for putting that shit out there. Um,
1: this is God's work. Okay, yeah, God's. You. I I was I was interviewing this this um, gay historian that lives in Provincetown, and um, he's
0: in Provincetown where they do all the bear stuff. They have like a big bear weekend. They there. have every
1: weekend. Yeah, they do have a big bear weekend. Um, so I think it's a whole week actually. Yeah, it's
0: a whole week of. I should totally be
1: there. It's actually I've been, and it's <laughs> fabulous because the week before is like circuit party week. And, like, no one eats anything. Like, all the restaurants are empty. (laughs) And then the bears come in, and, like, everyone loves it. They're laid back. Like, all the restaurants are full. People are eating. Um, But anyway, there's this historian that lives in Provincetown. And uh, I filmed with him, and he's great, and he's fantastic. And I was shooting something in Provincetown with uh, Blake Mitchell and Sean Ford, two porn stars. Nice. Do you know who they are? Yes. Okay. Okay. So uh, Do I know who they are? D- d- <laughs>
0: Half of my job is watching porn to be like, that should be disabled, that should be disabled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we go out to dinner and this historian comes in and, and he's like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. And he's always so like energetic and so happy. And he sits down at the table and he's like, so what do you guys do for a living? And Sean and Blake kind of like, look at each other a little nervously. And they're like, um, we do porn. And he's like, isn't that fantastic? He's like, let me tell you, every time you stick your dick inside another man's ass, he's like, that is an act of political activism that the world needs now more than ever. Oh, and he was just so excited. That's amazing. And I was like, yes, like this is, how amazing. When
0: you, when you let me stick my tongue down your throat, that's also an act of political activism. <laughs> um, and I have actually have, an hashtag, I have a hashtag that I don't use very often anymore, but it's t- kissing, it's kiss a queer cripple and the actual full hashtag was going to be kiss, kissing a queer cripple is an act of resistance because Donald Trump's the president and blah, blah, so let's resist.
1: You, you have so many fucking, not, you have so many hashtags. Right? <laughs> They're all equally amazing. Is,
0: and the reason why I do that is because we don't see, um, it's a way for me to brand myself immediately and it's a way for me to be like, let's put disability in the public eye right away. Yeah. Quickly, for free, without having to do much.
1: Bear in a chair.
0: Bear in a chair. Kiss a queer queer cripple. Disabled. Um, What else do I use? With an S-A-Y. Yes. S-A-Y, because it's cool, and it's like getting us to talk about disability. Um, uh, Disability After Dark. For a while, there was Deliciously Disabled was a thing. Uh, that brand has transitioned now to Disability After Dark, um, so I have a bunch uh, compensate cripples when people don't want to pay me for my work because mm. it happens all the time. But I, I use those hashtags to like play with the idea of disability and to sexualize disability in a not necessarily a positive way. Somebody actually tweeted me yesterday and was like, "I really love your work. It's so positive. Like, thank you for putting it out there." And I tweeted them back. I was like. Thanks, but I need to stop you and say that my, dis- my work is not positive or negative, it just is. Because people automatically ascribe this, like, sense of positivity to disability work. Oh, it's so positive what you're doing! Why? What if I'm talking about shitty stuff? Like, that's not necessarily positive, it's just what it is. So I had to stop this guy and be like, thanks, but here's why I have to dis- disagree. Like, I appreciate that, but constantly ascribing positivity to the disabled experience... Is I think really dangerous, mm. and so I always try to just come at it from a very real place. Like sometimes sex and disability sucks, and it's not fun, and it it hurts, not just because the person has a big dick, but because it actually because because I know because it actually hurts, and it, it, there's there's like a lot of emotional labor that goes into that. So like it's not always doing the stuff I do and being as vulnerable as I am in front of an audience is not easy, and it's not always fun either.
1: Yeah, maybe they meant that, that the impact that that has, like the, that you're creating this space and this conversation yeah. is important.
0: And that's why I thanked them and was like, because yeah. I know where they're coming from. But I feel like when people use the word positive around disability, mm. there's this like, I immediately hear plinky plunky, like, like after school special music. Oh, you're doing such a good thing, Andrew. Yeah. Like, wow. And I'm always like, no, I'm just. Keep it up. Yeah, like that kind of thing. <laughs> that slap you heard was him touching my shoulder not him slapping my dick no, no, not him slapping his dick on my shoulder just
1: no it was my dick it was my dick yeah it was it's huge <laughs>
0: um so do you have any other this podcast has just turned into a mishmash of things like there was no direction and that's kind of amazing so <laughs> do you have any other thoughts around sex and disability you want to share any other questions um
1: do I have any more questions about it um
0: do you have any feelings about it
1: well, you know, it's funny because uh, I think talking about it has has lessened kind of, it, it's funny when you kind of like breathe into it and have these conversations, it does lessen the anxiety, you know, that people have around it. Like when we started this, we I asked you why people are so um, like uncomfortable talking about sex and disability, and you were like, people are uncomfortable talking about sex and and disabilities taboo and you put them together
0: and it's like Whoa! yeah it's a, it's like an explosion of like discomfort
1: but when you're but when you sit in that and you have these conversations it suddenly becomes a lot less uncomfortable yeah
0: and i'll be honest like when you got here this morning me sitting with you like again you have a very specific body that i do not have so i'm comfortable with you and we know each other and it's cool but even for a minute i was like oh i don't look like that like that so, and then having to like now that we've talked about it, I'm comfortable, but getting to that place of, like, I'm going to be really vulnerable and share all my disability stuff with this guy who doesn't look like this and who's never... So, and then to find out that you did have disability experience makes me much more comfortable with you because now I know that I don't have to subscribe this, like, stereotypical idea onto you that isn't necessarily the truth. And I think more people with without disabilities who have experienced a sexual encounter with somebody living with a disability need the space to talk about it and to talk about what, how they felt. And so I would welcome anybody who wants to come on the show or just talk to me about what they've done or want to do. Um, they're welcome to
1: come on the show or where else can they yeah.
0: come? Um, <laughs> lots of different places <laughs> in, <laughs> no to find out. <laughs> um, but it's been such a, such an awesome pleasure having you here and I, I just really appreciate your openness and your willingness to to ask
1: no I was thrilled that you that you wanted to, to have me on and and thank you for 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 putting yeah. up with me and for being as open as you are it's
0: it was it's so fun and I I, I think that everybody should follow your work and more disabled people should write in to Davey and say I want I want to work with you because again my disability is only one part of the experience and I think the more you get immersed in the culture of queer people with disabilities who want to work with you on stuff. I think it'll, you have the platform to change the conversation a little bit too. So I think that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to use that platform to, to lift up everyone's voices and, and, and that's what we're doing. And
0: maybe he'll get naked with you on camera. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I can't talk about it yet, but You'll see. Don't worry.
1: I think you just spilled the beans. I might have done. We got naked. Yeah,
0: it was good. <laughs> um, so, how can people get a hold of you, Davy?
1: Uh, you can Google me. Probably not from a work computer, <laughs> but <laughs> you can Google me. Uh, it's just Davy Wavy. D a v e y w a v e y. Uh, and I have uh, a main YouTube channel. I have a second YouTube channel. Facebook, Twitter.
0: Your, your Twitter's super complicated, though. Isn't it? it's not Davy Wavy? It's like
1: it's the Davy Wavy. Oh. It's so complicated. <laughs> yeah, this bitch. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, So much fun Like I could talk For another hour But the audience Will get bored By our her, by her dumb banter But um You're great And I Thank you so much For coming on Disability After Dark And Thank you It was so fun And we'll talk soon Bye
1: Bye
0: Sometimes What I love About interviews Is that You can have A plan for them And you can have A general topic And then they Kind of veer off Into 500 different topics and it just becomes an organic conversation and with Davey Wavy that's really what I felt like. We used disability, sexuality, and body image as our anchor and I just had fun. You heard in the interview that I laughed my ass off a bunch of times. I just giggled at how how funny it was and how kind of cool it was to have Davey Wavy sitting next to me and being so authentic about discussing disability and I love the story he shared where he had met somebody with a disability who maybe wanted to mess around and didn't they didn't outwardly disclose right away. And so sharing that story and having him say, I've never told this before and sharing that with our audience I think was really important and really cool. I also like that he, you know, openly called me sexy, which again, as I mentioned in the in the piece, we don't hear very much. So that was really nice. And it was really great to have him just be willing to talk about it and willing to bring disability to the forefront. And I'm I really am hopeful that his interview w- is important for both my audience, you guys, and for his audience as well. And I appreciate him taking the time. Plus, he's fucking hilarious and just really fun. And I love also that he is a content creator. And so I really also appreciate that his work... You know, I thought when he was going to come into my, into my house to do our project together, which you'll see later... Um, in the next few in the next few weeks, uh, When I thought he when I saw him come to my home, I thought he was gonna bring a crew with him. It was literally him and a laptop. and I, that's there's something really sexy about perseverance in this industry and trying to make it on your own. And I really respect Davey Wavy for the work he does and trying to use his persona as a really sexy gay man to make changes in our community. And I'm glad that we paired up together and I really, really hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs or book me to bring disability to you, head over to www.andrewgirza.com. Also, if you're listening to this in iTunes, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www patreon.com slash andrewgerza and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast.